I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night. I undergo my normal recording time. This week's going to be an interesting one, and all of the the weeks to come are going to be very interesting as well. Uh, The NBA, the schedule, is now starting to to really take shape, and and I'm I'm not super happy about it given how late the season ended. Uh, it's it's appearing that we could potentially have basketball as soon as December 22nd this year. And if you're doing the math, that's about eight weeks from now. It's might be even sooner than that. Uh, today is October 26th. December 22nd is not that far away. And for a Nuggets team that just came off of a wild playoff run, really grinding in the bubble, basically playing every other day, uh, ever since they got into the bubble, um, ever since they started having scrimmage games and things like that. It's been a long grind for the Nuggets, and I'm glad that guys like Nikola Jokic are, are going back home. He just got married over this weekend. I'm glad that Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., they can get away from the game for a little bit because things are going to come back into focus really, really quickly. Uh, the NBA draft, which is what I'm going to focus on for most of this podcast, that's going to happen on November 18th. And because of that, the rest of the schedule is going to be pretty condensed, too, because the free agency is going to be soon after that, most likely the 22nd or 23rd. There was a report that just came out that Mark from Mark Stein that he's thinking training camp is going to start in December 1st. So it's going to be really interesting to see how teams handle such a condensed schedule. Uh, we've already heard people talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and how they may not take the the early part of the season seriously. The Nuggets aren't that far off from that. They played uh, almost as many, actually they, they did play as many games as the Lakers pretty much in these playoffs. And I think it's pretty important for people to note that the Nuggets have now gone into the second round and then the third round in consecutive playoff series, in consecutive seasons. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are probably exhausted, given the load that they had to carry. So, I'm curious to see whether, given given their age, given how, how young they are still, that maybe they can come back and bounce back really quickly. But there's going to be a lot of ramifications from a quick start up to next season. And we're, we don't even know the half of it right now. We don't even know what the salary cap is going to be, what the luxury tax is going to be. Though we, we kind of have some... Some possibilities there, so we'll get that all. To, we'll get to all of that. Excuse me. We'll get to all of that at some point. I wanted to focus most of this podcast on the draft, and I'm not. I didn't want to do a climb segment this week. Um, 
I'll, I'll go to that next week. I, I wanted to dedicate some extended time to talk about different prospects. I am not an expert in the draft. I, I'll be the first one to tell you that my, my word is not gospel. The first look I've had of some of these guys came today. Um, especially because when, when you're focusing on the Nuggets as much as I, as much as I am, uh, when you're focusing on the NBA as much as you can, sometimes things really come quick when it comes to draft time. But fortunately, this year is a little bit different. I'm not fortunately, but like because of the circumstances of this year, I'm going to spend a lot more time getting into the draft and try to really discuss whether it's really worth it for the Nuggets to make a pick at 22, whether they should try to add another pick in the second round. I'm looking at a lot of guys, and most of the guys I see that I like. I think there are a lot of interesting pieces that could really help out the Nuggets in their rotation as soon as next season. So I'm curious to see how it all pans out. But the first segment is going to be on the guards. The second segment is going to be on wings and forwards. And the third segment will be on bigs, and then I'll kind of wrap it all up after that. But basically, this is an introduction to a lot of the different players in this draft class that could be around 22, that may be late round flyers that I'm interested in. Uh, Going to break it all down, and let's talk about that right now. Okay. Guards, kind of small wings, like definite two guards. Let's talk about some guys. Uh, I am unclear about what the Nuggets need and what they think they need going into the year because the this, this Nuggets team is in a mode of transition. So that's why I wanted to talk about all different positions. You'll, you'll know that the, the Nuggets have Jamal Murray. They have Gary Harris, Will Barton, Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier. All of those guys are competent. All of them are really good. And they're all under contract. So it doesn't necessarily stand to reason that guards or small two guards are really what should be desired. However, that seems to be the strength of this draft. It's not the wings, it's not the forwards, it's the guards, it's there are some playable bigs, I would say, that are pretty good. There aren't a lot of big wings, there aren't a lot of forwards. The Nuggets have to be thankful that they have Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. Um, because there just aren't guys like them. Maybe, maybe like Jeremy Grant, but there's no Michael Porter Jr. in this draft. It's very clear. Um, but there are some interesting guards. There are some interesting guys to talk about, so let's talk about some guys. Um, couple guys that I'm not really wild about at 22, but might be interesting plays are Cole Anthony and Grant Riller. They're basically, they're drastically different. Cole Anthony was extremely inefficient. He was in college for one season, uh, had a lot of hype coming into him, uh, coming with him at UNC, but UNC was really bad this year. And Cole Anthony was a really big reason for that. Uh, shot a low percentage made some bad decisions. Uh, Grant Riller, instead, a four-year guy who's from a non-major conference, but he looks great on film. Uh, Does it translate, though? Is Cole Anthony somebody who was inefficient and ineffective, but he's super young? Was that an aberration for who he is? Because I think those are two interesting tangent, or two interesting parallels. They're really going perpendicular, but like those guys are drastically different, but they'll both be available. They're both about the same size, and they actually have some of the same skill set. So 
I'm looking forward to seeing where they end up in the draft because they're just so drastically different. There are a lot of people who love Grant Riller. There are a lot of people who thought Cole Anthony was going to be great, but then have really soured on him because of his college performance, and for good reason. Um, so we're going to see what happens there. But he, he to me, seems like a guy who's just too small for this Nuggets team. Um to be drafting in the first round. And that's why I'm not really like wild about those guys. Um, but there are some guys, even some smaller guys that I am interested in. The first one's Tyrell Terry, who's from Stanford. He's a smaller guy, uh, definitely not a two guard in any sense of the word, but he is a sweet shooter. That guy can shoot the leather off the ball. Um, he is going to be a high-quality shooter, a high-quality creator for himself and others at the next level. The question with him is whether he's going to be able to do it defensively. Um, given the fact that he's as small as he is. He was only he's listed as 174 pounds on the Ringer Draft Guide. Uh 6'2. I'm I it just it doesn't translate to great NBA play unless you're Stephen Curry. So I'm curious to see what he, what he can do and what kind of role he could fill. Um, especially for a team like the Nuggets who are like, they're not drafting for a primary ball handler because they have that in Jamal Murray. They have a guy in Nikola Jokic who can really handle and really distributes. They're, they're looking for more off ball guys. They're looking for more defensive guys, but I just like Tyrell Terry. I think he's a smart shooter who can shoot in a variety of ways and has a quick and easy stroke that is going to translate to the next level. But we're going to see. Uh, one guy who I know will translate to the NBA level is Desmond Bain. He is really good at everything except elite athleticism. Um, he can handle. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can defend. Uh, he's just going to be... A quality role player in all likelihood who may be a starter, but he's going to fill different roles. He's going to do a variety of different things for a team. And one night he might be the main scorer. One night he might be the off-ball shooter. One night he might be a facilitator and somebody who just moves the ball and makes sure that the offense is flowing. Um, those are guys that you want to pepper your bench with because... Denver has a really good baseline right now and a really good foundation with their scoring. But when you get onto the second unit, if they do decide to make moves, if if they decide to let some guys go, uh, Monte Morris may not be there forever. Uh, P.J. Dozier is a little bit irregular there. He, he's not necessarily a, a high IQ offensive facilitator. Uh, doesn't necessarily generate a ton of elite shots. Uh, Desmond Bain could be a guy like that. He also shot a really high percentage from three, has great mechanics from out there. Uh, I see him as a very interesting player for the Nuggets at 22. He's been ranked in a variety of in a variety of areas. Um, it would probably a reach. It would probably be a, a little bit of a reach to have him at 22, but you never know. You never know how some of these things are going to translate. Um, Let's see where he's at here. Um, yeah, Kevin O'Connor has him at 20. So, like, it, it isn't wild to think that he could 
project and, and be just a solid role player, somebody who earns a $15 million per year contract in their, in their prime. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's been a comparison for him, and for good reason, because Malcolm Brogdon filled different roles in Milwaukee and in Indiana. But he was effect- he's been effective in both of them. So I'm curious to see it. He's a four-year guy. He'll be ready right away. If the Nuggets decide to go that route, then and the, if they want their 22nd overall pick to be somebody who can contribute right away, he's about as good of a bet as anybody. Last of the main guys that I like is Tyrese Maxey. This is a ceiling play. This is a guy who's going to be a quality on and off ball defender. I did the profile on him on Denver Stiffs, so if you want to read that, that came out today, Monday. Um... He's also a Kentucky guard, and I know that that's a that's kind of a cop out to say that oh you're you're just saying that he's a Kentucky guard because those guys have been good even though his individual stats aren't great. Yeah, there's a little bit of that there. Like I do think that he has more room to develop. He also played with two bigs on the floor, and and I just, I look through their box scores, I look through the game logs and who was starting for them and who's shooting. They have a lot of times where. They're they're just not shooting threes, and the paint is always condensed, and I think that he's a guy who should improve offensively when there's better spacing around him. But on defense, he makes his bone like he makes his his money by staying in front of his guy, by being quick, by being athletic, by being uh, hounding. The Nuggets don't have a ton of guys like that except Gary Harris. And if they don't think that Gary Harris is going to be around forever, then maybe Tyrese Maxey's that guy. He shot a poor percentage from three, but I don't think that's going to stick. He shot 83% from the free or from the free throw line when he was in his freshman year this past season. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, he has the knack to make clutch shots. He's done a lot of great things. I think that there is an NBA future for him, and it, it might be it might be that he's too small. It might be that he is not necessarily the best athlete or the best uh, the best dynamic defensive player from a, a physicality perspective. But he's going to take charges. He's going to be a a pest. He's going to like it's not Patrick Lever it's not Patrick Beverly level, but it's kind of like that. But he's also an offensive player. He has the knack to score. He has the knack to drive. He, he makes good plays off the dribble and, and is very shifty. Uh, very good in transition. I think he's a good player. And the numbers don't agree with me, mostly. But I, I just think that he's going to improve. Some sleepers and some draft and stash candidates. Leandro Bolmaro is the classic draft and stash guy. He's a Barcelona guy who's just solid all around. He is not an elite athlete by any stretch of the word and not a great shooter right now. So giving him a year where he can improve his jumper, uh, this is a year to take a draft and stash guy because of the condensed schedule. There isn't going to be a lot of time to get a rookie in and competent playing right away. There's also not a ton of time to develop them throughout the season because this season's going to jump right into it. And it will be very, it'll be very likely, I think, for a 2020 draft pick to come in and just not play at all because coaches don't trust them, because they haven't been around enough. 
I wonder if Bulmaro would fall into that category, so being a draft and stash guy is better. Um, Yam Madar from uh, Israel is a second-rounder type. He's kind of in the same mold. Uh, he'll be a good, smart playmaker. Kind of looks like the traditional smart backup point guard who makes plays for others. A little bit flashy, but like kind of zips around like TJ McConnell. Um, I kind of like that. In, in the fact that I don't know if the Nuggets are going to need a consistent backup point guard that they pay a whole bunch to every single year. They might just mercenary out the position, um, especially if Monte Morris is going to warrant a double-digit million contract because he deserves it. He's very good. I don't know if the Nuggets are going to be willing to pay that. So maybe you draft a backup point guard type. Um. Two other guys who fall into this category of, of like sleepers. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky, an elite shooter. He doesn't really do anything else, but he's and he's not really big enough to guard small forwards consistently, but he'll be a shooting guard. And if you're looking for one of the better shooters in the draft and you don't want to spend a first-round pick on it, he's a guy that you could probably get in the second round. So keep that in mind. Uh, don't overdraft him like... Uh, Hamadou Diallo and some of the other Kentucky guard slash wings because those are more guard slash wing types like uh, James Young and, and Hamadou Diallo and guys of that nature, uh, not necessarily the traditional guards. Um, and then Mason Jones of Arkansas is a guy that deserves mention for sure. Watching his film, he gets to the rim a ton. He gets to the free throw line a ton. He's a skilled three-level scorer who can hit step backs, who can shoot off the dribble, who can uh, catch and shoot with a reckless abandon. He's a guy, along with Isaiah Joe, his teammate at Arkansas, who they're probably both going to be NBA players. I don't know what to the level they are. Some people think that Mason Jones is going to be a star, and I think that's fair. I'm not sure how much I trust his athleticism. But maybe as a bench scorer, he might make sense. Uh, the Nuggets might need some punch off their bench if they end up moving Will Barton to the starting lineup or move him altogether. So we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, that's probably it for guards. If you, if you have a guy that you want me to talk about that I missed in that category, then let me know because we can definitely talk about them. Uh, of those guys... I think I like Desmond Bain the best because I think he's a guy who can really do everything for this Nuggets team. Um, if they were to select somebody at 22, they need that guy to kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, they have the baseline for a really good team, but they might need a guy who can step in every night or some nights and just be solid. And that kind of is who Desmond Bain is. So we'll see what happens there, but... Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down the forwards. We're going to break down the wings types. And there aren't as many of those guys, but there are some interesting pieces. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Alright, we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. Talking the NBA draft. Once again, I am not an expert on these guys. If you're looking for an expert, either wait for Dan's articles on Denver Stiffs or, or go look at some of the, the draft work that guys like Sam Vecini does, uh, Kevin O'Connor for The Ringer does, a uh, couple of other guys who aren't at major outlets are Brian Schroeder, Cosmos on Twitter, uh, and Jackson Frank and Brandon Anderson on Twitter also are very interesting guys who they have different mentalities when it comes to the draft, but they're also very familiar with it. So keep that in mind. Um, okay, wings, forwards, guys who I have questions at 22. I have three guys who are kind of like, I don't, I don't know how they're going to pan out for different reasons. The first is Josh Green, who he kind of looks like Wesley Matthews to me. And normally that would be a good thing. But I think there has been some movement in the NBA lately that you need to be more than just a average to good 3 and D player. And I'm not sure if Josh Green is more than that. He's kind of limited in what else he does. He's not a playmaker. He's not really a big rebounder. He's uh, The shooting is fine, but he's, he's not a really great three-level scorer or anything like that. He just doesn't do a lot of other stuff. So I'm curious to see whether he can expand his game or not, because if he could, then he might profile as one of the better guys to have next to Jamal Murray. Because Josh Green at about 6'6", he's athletic as hell, uh, think like a 6'10 wingspan if I'm, not mis- if I'm not mistaken, he could be a really interesting candidate at 22, but I just have questions about him. I, I don't know if he's, like he's a guy who I think could bust. Um, you don't want to use that word often because a lot of these guys are going to be very good and I could be very wrong because he, he does have some talents for sure. And it's a guy who's that athletic and plays hard on defense makes sense, but he might just be a guy who's just a guy. Um, another guy who might just be a guy is Aaron Neesmith. Uh, is he athletic enough to defend despite being such a good shooter? He shot 52% this past season when he was on the floor, but he did get hurt. The Nuggets have had an, a, a long history of bringing on guys who have been hurt in the past. Uh, Malik Beasley... Uh, Gary Harris, uh, I don't know, like they, Monte, not Monte Morris, but they were interested in OG Ananobi. Uh, they drafted Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull. So, like, they they have a willingness to go after guys. Oh, Jared Vanderbilt is another one. Um, they have a willingness to go after guys who are injured and they, f- and they fall down draft boards because other teams think that they are, they should be red flagged. And maybe they should be red flagged. Maybe Aaron Neesmith should be red flagged, but I haven't seen his medical, of course. Um, I just wonder if he's good enough at the other stuff outside of shooting to be a good play at 22. Like, is he that much better than Emmanuel Quickly of Kentucky? Like, can he defend threes? Can he be a, di- be a dynamic athlete Um in the NBA where you need to be athletic on the wing in order to match up with so many of the elite players. Because uh, there's going to be nowhere for him, for him to hide, especially on a team that also has Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, who they they can improve and can be good, but some of those guys are better right now than others. But, like, 
you don't want them defending the best on the opposition, I think. You want whoever is next to them defending the best. I don't know if Neesmith is that guy. And then Jaden McDaniels, he's extremely raw uh, from Washington. He profiles as more of a 3-4 scorer, kind of like MPJ. I like his film. I think he like, I think he could be a good player. I see it. I definitely see what people are very interested in, but he seems like a classic Marquise Chris type who people talk themselves into. I talked myself into Marquise Chris, and that was a problem. So I don't know. We're, we're going to see what happens with him, though I do think his, his skill set as a scorer is better than a guy like Chris. Um, but he may not do enough else other than score to really be a competent player. He's raw. Like, he, he needs a lot of help on both sides of the ball. Um, okay. But there are also guys at 22 on the wing that I like a lot. And one such is Patrick Williams, who's probably going to be taken way higher because he fits that athletic forward prototype. Um, but he came off the bench the entire season at Florida State. And there's a reason for that. He wasn't an elite college player. Um, so his numbers are going to look pretty poor in comparison to a lot of the other top prospects. But there is some glue guy potential there. He does fit that prototype. Like, his legs are very big. Um, he he has a big frame that can really take a lot of weight and take a lot of mass and muscle in order to battle with the guys that you want him to battle with. Um, those are the LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George types, Jason Tatum, uh slide up to defend Giannis types. Uh, he's not going to be perfect on that end, and he's still raw. He doesn't really do enough offensively in order to get me super excited uh, at, like, 8. But at 22, like, I, I think that's a good chance to take. Uh, OG Ananobi kind of remi- reminds me of, of that uh, as a guy who wasn't necessarily a great statistical case in OG but just looked the part, needed some time to develop, and then went to a perfect spot for him. So I like Patrick Williams. He just won't be there at 22. Uh, Sadiq Bey might, though he has been projected to go higher. I could see him dropping in a draft because he, he isn't perfect. But I think he does a lot of things pretty well. And to me, that reminds me of another Villanova guy. He, he went to Villanova, shot 45% from three. This other guy is Josh Hart. Uh, Josh Hart was 6'5". Uh, Sadiq Bey is 6'7". Uh, he's really good at everything on the floor, I think. I think there, there's a lot of stuff that you can point to with him and say, yeah, I kind of like what that guy is doing right now. Um, makes sense as the ideal 3 and D wing. Uh, got the perimeter shooting down, of course, but he's also a good on-ball defender. Might not be a an elite star defender, but he can defend a lot of the other guys well. So if you're looking for a guy at 22 who can maybe give Jeremy Grant a break or Michael Porter Jr. a break or somebody akin to that, Sadiq Bey makes a lot of sense. Kind of like a Jay Crowder type, kind of like a Tobias Harris, Damari Carroll. These are some of the comparisons that Kevin O'Connor's pointing to. Uh, I kind of see him as like an Otto Porter type. Uh, he has the capability to do other things with with the ball in his hands. Uh, and he's, he still has a ways to grow. Otto Porter was never a guy who was perfect on the offensive end. 
because he wasn't like a, a 25 point per game scorer or anything, but he always made the right play. He was always very efficient in the shots he did take, and it earned him a major contract. Sadiq Bey could be like that. Uh, Tyler Bay, uh, the Bay brothers, they're not actually brothers, but I'm just going to say that. Um, Tyler Bay is a guy that I've liked for a while. Uh, he's one of the best defenders in this class. He's athletic, he's versatile. Needs a ton of work offensively, though. The role that he played in college is not the same one that he's going to be asked to play in the NBA. He's going to have to shoot. I don't think, like, his jumper's not lost by any stretch of the word. He can definitely shoot, especially, like, standstill jumpers. If if he's in the corner, if he's on the wing, I think he could definitely hit those shots. Um, but his main value is going to be as a guy who can really switch one through five, very athletic, um, very heady as a defender. I I think he's going to be one of the better guys in this class, uh, just switching up and down and being the linchpin of a defense and just kind of like whatever matchup he needs to be on, he's good because he's got that six seven height. He's got a seven foot one wingspan, uh, and very willing to go make plays. He'll he'll even get dunked on if need be, but that's okay because he's still going for those plays. He's very willing to make those plays. Um, he's going to need a ton of work offensively, but as a CU guy, there are a lot of things you could do worse than drafting a guy like that at 22. And for a Nuggets team that if Jeremy Grant were to walk, like they they would be in big trouble. And Tyler Bay's a guy who I think they could not necessarily start, but they could put him into a role and say, hey, we need you to be a good piece immediately. And he might not shoot well, but he would definitely defend well. Another guy who would defend well is Robert Woodard out of uh, Mississippi State. He's more stocky than a guy like Bay. He's smart, physical. He's got big legs. Like He is a guy who looks like a truck. And kind of plays like it too, but he's also smart. He's he's not just like uh, he's not just tackling people out there, but he is like he's using his physicality to his advantage, and then gets his hands into passing lanes pretty well. Uh, I don't think he does enough offensively that you want to draft him this high, but if the Nuggets aren't really caring about that, or if they think that they could develop his offensive game, maybe develop him as a shooter, I think they could see him working in that regard. Again, they already have their foundation. When you're talking about what the Nuggets need, they have the star point guard in Jamal Murray. They have a, another star big man in Nikola Jokic who does a lot of different things. They think they have a star forward in Michael Porter Jr. They need complementary pieces. They need guys who can do the other stuff. They need guys who are good defenders, who are good switching, who can shoot off the ball. Um, who can cut, who can be smart, who can take away some of the pressure from the main three guys. Uh, Woodard kind of, re- he he embodies that, I think. A lot of people have compared him to Robert Covington. I don't think he's athletic enough to be able to do that, but he's probably not done developing either. So it's very possible that he could develop into something like that. And Robert Covington on the Nuggets would be excellent. So... We'll see what happens there. He's a guy who I I would just point to and say, hey, he might definitely break out. Um, 
again, like a Damari Carroll type, like a, I don't, I don't know. He, he seems like a guy who will definitely succeed in the NBA. He might not thrive, but like he'll, he'll be in the league for a long time because of what he does. Um, couple sleepers at this position. They're more, they're smaller guys, not as big, uh, more kind of two threes than anything. Uh, wings. I love watching Nate Hinton. Like his his highlights of him flying around and grabbing rebounds and just flying through the air at six four. He grabbed eight point seven rebounds per game at six four in college in a major conference. Like he's very very good at Houston, and he was the heart and soul of their team. Uh, I think he makes sense as a guy that you take a flyer on in the second round. Maybe not necessarily a first-round guy, a first-round talent, but think about how much Michael Malone like loves Torrey Craig. Uh, if Torrey Craig shot 38% from three and moved the ball and did a lot of the, the smart things, off-ball things that you need from an offensive player, that would be Nate Hinton, I think. Like I, I just like watching him work. Um, you need glue guys to win a championship. He makes sense there. Uh, you don't have to draft that guy super high, but if you can get him at all, that's a win. So we'll see. Another guy is Isaiah Joe. He's probably the best, or not the best shooter, but at least one of the best shooters in the draft. He's 6'5", 6'10", wingspan, uh, played at Arkansas next to Mason Jones. Jones was the guy who had a lot of the highlights there. He was the guy who made a lot of the the wing or the the I don't know the headlines. Uh but Isaiah Joe shoots the ball pretty well. He might not be perfect, but he's a little bit bigger than some of the other guys like Quigley and uh I don't know who's another guy that I listed. Like uh Bulmaro is six seven but he's not as physical uh, bigger than Desmond Bain by a little bit, Tyrese Maxey and Tyrell Terry for sure. Like Those guys are more guards, and Isaiah Joe could be a guy who goes from the two to the three a little bit. And when you have that versatility, when you have that positional flexibility, and you can shoot, and you can do a couple of other things, that's at least something to think about. So of this group, the guy that I think I like the most for Denver... I was going to say Tyler Bay, um, but thinking about it, I think Sadiq Bay probably makes more sense because you just want a guy who you know is going to be reliant, who you know that if if things go bad, you can throw that guy out there and he's going to do everything right. Uh, Sadiq Bay is going to be a guy who you can't leave open. Like He shot 45% from three this year. Uh, that makes sense. If you, if you have that guy coming off the bench and... It's, it's like, okay, if Tyler Bay was coming off the bench, at least you could game plan for that offensively, really make him one-sided. Sadiq Bay, you can't really target him defensively. Uh, you might be able to a little bit, but not like it's definitely not going to be worse than a guy like Michael Porter Jr. on defense. Um, he's going to be good. I, c- I can feel very confident about that. So if Sadiq Bay is there at 22, that's the guy who I would draft. Um, yeah, I just like him. I think it makes sense. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk bigs. We're going to talk some of the the only four bigs that I that I have in this in this draft that I really really like, but I like them a lot. We'll be right back.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers. Final segment here. Uh, Talking bigs in the 2020 NBA draft. Um going to be interesting to see where bigs go because there are there's a really big movement to move a lot of guys down uh guys like Onyeka Okonwu and James Wiseman are down on uh Kevin O'Connor's board uh there are some more interesting guys kind of in in the later rounds but most of these guys are going to be role players most of these guys are going to be pieces who you're drafting in the late first second round and you're hoping that they pan out well. Um, I don't know how it's going to work with these guys. I don't know what the Nuggets plan on doing in free agency, but it looks like they have a hole at center. It looks like they're going to go into this thing with a potential big hole at backup center if they don't bring back Mason Plumley. And Bull Bull's probably not big enough to fill that position full-time, uh, Paul Millsap could be re-signed and maybe he plays backup center next year. But I don't think I'd want him playing that full-time either. So maybe Paul Millsap and Bobo split time there. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a fascinating discussion for sure. But there are four guys who I think are really interesting. Uh, they could go as high as like top 10 in the case of one guy or two guys. And they might not even be drafted in the case of one. So, let's talk about them. Uh, the first one, let's talk about Poku. Uh, Alexei Pokusevsky. Pokusevsky. Um, Pokusevsky. That's a tough name to pronounce, of course. Uh, my fault, Serbian listenership. Uh, I, I did listen to the DNVR pod with uh, Miroslav and... and uh, I could I didn't I forgot what the pronunciation was so my bad but he seems like the bell of the NBA draft uh, seems like the guy who is the next great Euro big man um, has the skills moves like a guard uh, shoots the ball well passes the ball well I just don't think he fits in Denver at all I've seen him mock to the Nuggets probably because they've taken risks on guys like that. Uh, and it's seen that they have a, a hole at center in their backup in their backup spot. I don't think the Nuggets should be trying to recreate Nikola Jokic with their backup center spot because he's going to be playing 38 minutes a night in the playoffs. What they need to do is find competent ways to play when he's off the floor. And one of the things that they can do is is play more defensive, play with a better pick and roll guy. Uh, I'm not sure Poku's that guy, and I'm not sure the Nuggets want to develop another guy because they already have Bull Bull, and maybe he's good enough. Maybe maybe that's, like, is there a limit to the number of unicorns that one team can have? 
Like, I think there are diminishing returns there for sure. And I, I trust, I maybe not trust is the wrong word, but I think Bull Bull, if healthy, could be really, really good. And when you think about that, when you think about the type of position that he's going to play, I still think he more projects as a five, more projects as somebody who's going to play that position. So I'm not sure I'd want Poku in addition to that. It just it just doesn't, it, there's, there's, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around trying to play those two and Porter and Jokic. Um, maybe that makes me small-brained, but that's okay. Um, he could be very good, and I hope he is very good in the NBA, but I just don't see it on the Nuggets. Um, another guy who's probably going to be drafted in the first round is Precious Achua. Precious Achua. Uh, should be a great team defender. He's the closest player in the draft, I think, to being switchable one through five, other than maybe Robert Woodard. Um, that's a guy I, w- I would keep an eye on. Uh, but from the five position, or from like the, the four five, you want a guy who can be mobile, who can go above the rim, who can be athletic enough to play the four next to a shooting five, but who's also big enough and strong enough to handle the five assignments. I think that Precious Achua is that guy. Uh, more of an energy guy. He was uh, the backup big to start the year at Memphis behind James Wiseman. Uh, Wiseman was the number one recruit, so he definitely was going to start. It's not a guarantee that he's actually the better player. Um, but Precious Achua, like he really proved that he could have an interesting NBA career. Uh Kind of a Montrez Harrell type, kind of a Kenneth Fareed type, uh, not as efficient. Uh, but I think that the Memphis guys, it's going to be interesting to see how Memphis develops their players, especially their NBA draft prospects, because they have major NBA talent that went there with Mike Miller, uh, Penny Hardaway, uh, guys of that nature. They went there to coach and to get these guys ready for the next level so I wonder if he if put into a kind of a more narrow role improves his efficiency a lot more Um, I think that's actually a likelihood but he's going to be a rebounder he's going to be a big interior presence Uh, maybe not a big shot blocker but a good enough rim protector that he's going to help deter shots so I like him I think he's a guy who could play next to Jokic, and when you have that, uh, and when you have a guy like that who could also play the five, it just helps the Nuggets as a championship contender. Because if Jokic is off the floor, they can play a different way. If he's on the floor, they can play a different way. Um, It's important to be versatile and variable and have the capability to do a lot of different things. Uh, Achua could probably help them do that because of his baseline for defense. Last two guys I want to talk about are Xavier Tillman and Paul Reed. Uh, Tillman's a guy who we're going to have a draft profile out on him tomorrow. Uh, He's going to be a solid center. Uh, Probably not a power forward, probably more of a center. Uh, And he's a center skill set and a power forward's height. But he also has a center's weight. So he's kind of a, a... different prospect, more of a lower to the ground, maybe not Dewan Blair, but somebody kind of like that, uh, somebody who maybe doesn't have the height to be a center, but is more is more suited for that role for sure. 
Uh, not quite like Draymond Green, but maybe in that mold as a Michigan State guy. Uh, but he's going to rebound well. He's going to pass out of the short roll. He's efficient, uh, makes the right play, makes the right rotation a lot of the time. He's going to cover up for mistakes pretty well. Might not be a perfect guy to defend guys like Anthony Davis or Carl uh, Anthony Towns or even Jokic if he were to be on a different team, but Tillman's a guy who I feel pretty confident is going to be a solid center in the NBA because he has a lot of tools. He has a lot of good uh, athleticism to him. He can finish with both hands around the rim. Uh, I'm curious to see where he goes because I could see him in the Daniel Tice role where he's kind of the, the fifth starter for sure, but he's smart enough that he can make plays for other people. He can move the ball around. He can finish out of the short roll. He has a good floater too. Like He's not like completely inept when it comes to the shooting aspect of this thing. He might not be a great shooter, but he has enough touch that if you if you put him out there, he might not he might cramp the spacing a little bit, but you can get past that at least a little. Um, the last guy I saved my favorite for last is Paul Reed. Um, he's the first guy when I started watching film of him that I thought he looked like a star, uh, that he looked like a star talent. He's so versatile and does so many different things on both ends of the floor. He's athletic. He gets into passing lanes. He handles the ball well. Uh, he can shoot. He can defend on the perimeter. He can block shots, rebounds. He just kind of has his hand in everything. And he played at DePaul, and he wasn't like the like an elite prospect or anything like that. But he was pretty good, and he was impactful for sure. Um, I think he's going to be a good defender at the next level, and. Maybe he has enough skills that he can defend it. He can uh, develop his game uh, around some of the flair skills that he has on the offensive end. Like he's going to make a lot of highlight plays. He can be in the dunker spot. He can be out on the perimeter. He can handle the ball. Uh, he liked to take the he he did the fake dribble handoff where he would act like he was doing the DHO and then drive to the rim um, off the side pick and roll. And having a guy who's capable of doing that is very important. Um, he might be, like, I think he's athletic enough to play the four, and he'll probably have enough shooting to play the four as well. Um, if he can hit 35% of his threes, if he can hit that at a high volume, or at a reasonable enough volume, then teams are going to be fine putting him at the four. And he might also be able to defend fives. He might also be able to switch and, and defend guys one through five. I like it a lot. I think it's going to be interesting. And if I were the Nuggets, I don't know if I would take them. I mean, I would take them at 22, but I don't know if they would. So the more I look at this draft, the more guys I like, the more players I think are going to pan out than I thought there would be based off of the talk. Uh, there are a lot of rotation players out there. There are a lot of guys who, if you gave them the opportunity, could potentially really impact the team. Uh, so if I were the Nuggets, I would first try to trade the 22nd pick uh, for Drew Holiday. That's what I would do personally. But if I were the Nuggets and it came down to draft night and there were a few guys on the board that I liked uh, at 22 and it came to my pick, I would try to trade down and get a couple second round picks, uh, maybe around the 
31 and the 35 mark or the 36 and 40 or something like that and have two bites at the apple instead of one because the Nuggets are about to lose a little bit of talent. They they lost Malik Beasley. They lost Juancho Hernan Gomez in a trade. I'm not sure how much they like Kade Bates-Diop. Not sure how much they like Vlaco Chanchar as a contributor at the next level. So you're going to want to retool the roster. You're going to want to refill it with guys. And I think it makes sense to add a couple guys in the second round if possible. Maybe they draft somebody at 22 that they like and then they buy a second round pick. But Tim Connolly is so good in the draft aspect of this. And the scouts that the Nuggets have that they have accumulated in the front office is a really good eye for draft talent. Like I trust their ability to get a couple of guys in this draft at a low level and still be successful. Like if I if I were circling guys that I would want, three guys, it would be Desmond Bain, Tyler Bay, Sadiq Bay, and Paul Reed. Like if Denver came out with one of those guys, I'd be happy. If they came out with two of those guys, I'd be ecstatic. I think Tyrese Maxey's another guy that they could go for. Xavier Tillman's going to be another guy. Precious Achua. Uh, Nate Hinton, who I love. Like, he's probably not going to be drafted, but I kind of I just love watching him fly around. Robert Woodard. Uh, any of the guys that I really named, like, anybody could bust. Anybody. And it's hard for me to sit here during this COVID year and say, oh, yeah, that guy is definitely going to bust. Like, I feel a little bit different about this draft than I did about 2019 because I kind of just like Brandon Clark in 2019 and the Nuggets, they really just kind of like Brandon Clark as well. The only reason that they traded into that draft was because Bull Bull was a projected top 10 pick and he fell to 44. Uh, there's a reason why they didn't draft anybody else. They like to go for talent. If they see a guy falling that they like, they might trade back into the draft to go get him. I'm interested in seeing what happens with this thing, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to cover it all. If you haven't seen some of the draft profiles we've done at Denver Stiffs, make sure to check them out. We set up another story stream that's posted in slot six on the front page. So that should be there. We're also still doing the exit profiles. We're in our last week of doing those. There's some overlap here with the exit profiles and the draft profiles. So they look similar, but they're still uh, they're still things that I think are very valuable. It's, it's important to read about what the Nuggets have done, not just what they could do. Um, but for what it's worth, I've, I've been really enjoying what we've put out there over the course of these last couple weeks. I think we've done a pretty good job. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, all the way to the end here. Appreciate you guys. If you have any questions about different players, uh, reach out to me on Twitter or in the comments. If you want me to break down another guy, then I certainly can. I'll make sure to take a look at their film. Uh, but in the meantime, I will talk to you guys very soon.